Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. We're heading off to Australia and New Zealand, where we will be appearing live and recording an episode in Christchurch on the 11th of May, Auckland on the 14th of May, Wellington on the 15th of May, Adelaide on the 18th of May, Perth on the 20th, Sydney on the 23rd, Melbourne on the 25th, Brisbane on the 27th, and finally Canberra on the 28th of May. So get in and get your tickets now. They are going very fast. Please go to guiltyfeminist.com and just click on live shows for any of these events. Welcome back to part two of The Guilty Feminist. So plug in and get ready for the fun. Hello, Cardiff. Are you ready for the second half of The Guilty Feminist? Then please welcome to the stage, Deborah Francis White. Welcome back. How was your interval, Ed? Yep. Top notch. Were you a bit of a celebrity? Did anyone buy you a drink? Nobody. I thought you'd be more famous by now. Well, no one brought Ed a drink. Charlie is famous. Has Charlie been a hit? Is Charlie still here? Where's Charlie? Oh, there you are. There you are, Charlie. There's my guy. Absolutely. Look, I haven't stolen him once. I said I wouldn't steal him, and I haven't stolen him. Um, thank you. The bar is low when you get Well done, Deborah, for not kidnapping a child, uh, an infant. Uh, just, just give us a cheer if you had a good interval. A cheer if you met anybody new in the interval. Excellent. Did you meet any feminists? Yes. Okay, that was a good yes. Who did you meet? Your wonderful friend, Sharp. So you, oh, you bumped into a friend. Yeah, okay, so that was already a pre-existing feminist friendship. I'm, what I'm looking for is new collaborations, but I am delighted you bumped into Sean. Oh, she arranged what? Okay, where's Sean? Sean, where are you? Sean, oh great. Um, Sean, um, come and tell us about that. Just, do you want to just get out of your row and come down here to the front? Big round of applause for Sean! Okay, I'm going to sit here. This is going to be like when Charlie came out. Okay. Um, you have to keep clapping until she gets here, otherwise it's awkward. Okay. Oh, you're terrified of public speaking. You're not, well, it's not like public speaking. You're just, just sitting on a bench with your good friend, DF Dubs. And the two of us are just having like a little, little cuddle, little chat. This, these people aren't here. Just telling me, Sean. It's like you bumped into me at a bus stop. And uh, you just sort of like, oh, you're Deborah from the Guilty Feminist. I'm like, I am, I am. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm Sean. I'm Sean. Like, yeah, I've just done something feminist that you might be interested in hearing about. I am interested in hearing about it, Sean. I'm so glad we've bumped into each other and we're both on the 22 bus from Cardiff Central to Aberdeen. Yeah. Aberdeen. I was going to say Aberdeen, that's a long old coach. I think I'd get the train. Uh, I'm not, getting, I'm not getting on a coach to Aberdeen. I think we need to be absolutely honest about how devery I am. Uh, you're lucky I'm on a bus at all in this scenario and not waiting for a taxi. Uh, so to Aberdeen, Aber what? Aberdeen. If I said that Welshly? Aberdeen. Just are you going to Aberdeen as well? I, I might have to after this. 
Yeah, well, we, we are, this is the scenario, it's like an improv, okay. Oh, I don't, well, I'm, go, I'm going to Aberdeen to, uh, to do a show in the theatre there, which is called the Coliseum, yeah. Um, what are you doing in Aberdeen? Uh, I'm going there too. Oh, you're going to see my show? Yes. Would you like to guest on it? Because I've just had a guest drop out. Because I've heard feminist things about you. What have you just done, Sean, that you could talk about on the show? With the help of my good friend Sarah, um, I helped coordinate the DEC, the Disasters Emergency um, Committee's Ukraine Humanitarian Appeal for Wales. And what did that functionally mean? What did you end up doing? Um, well, we, we launched... Um, at the Senate with the First Minister and the Minister for Social Justice, and we, I think, with the help of Sarah, we um, forged a partnership with the Football Association of Wales um, and organised the matches. We did, I think, about 13 media interviews one day, and then sort of kept up that pace for a few, and eventually raised 13 million pounds. 13 million? <laughs> oh my God! Are you doing anything now that you need help with? We are, well, the appeal will remain open for six months, but I'd also probably take the opportunity to highlight that our Afghanistan appeal is still open. And um, the, need is, the need in Ukraine is real, and um, we have 13 DC agencies, um, charities doing amazing work in all sorts of ways, but I think the media attention on Ukraine has been, it's been deserving, but Afghanistan got sort of perhaps overshadowed. And so I'd perhaps just take this opportunity to say that both appeals are still open and that people really need that support. That's wonderful work, Sean. Now, Ed is a feminist, but he's always looking to do more for feminism. Because at the moment, most of his feminism is based around reacting to men who aren't great. Um, and he'd like to do something proactive, wouldn't you, Ed? Okay, yeah. So would you be up for supporting Sean? What, what do you do for a living, Ed? Oh, you're an engineer, so you've got loads of money. Okay, so have you, have you got a direct debit, sort of even a tenner a month, Ed, would really help Sean? Yeah, great, you can do it. You, will, you, will, you, will you give, what, what, how would he give a direct debit? Where would he go? What's the, what's the URL? dc.org.uk dc.org.uk. Ed's in for a tenner a month. Uh, just give us a cheer if you're in for a fiver a month. Tenner a month. 25 quid a month. Should have done the other way, shouldn't we? Like, really. um, listen, a lot of people there said a fiver a month, but even if you can do like a one-off fiver, um, they'd really appreciate it, and it really, really would be doing something for feminism, uh, helping women in Afghanistan who are living in, you know, uh, extraordinary conditions at the moment. Um, Sean, thank you so much for your work. That was fantastic public speaking. Oh, oh, look, hold on, the bus is coming. I guess we'd better go to the Coliseum now. Let's get on the bus. Yay. I have to sort of do, I want to do an elegant getting up. So I thought I might go from a cat cow into a, into a down-facing dog. Let me just see.
right, are you ready for the first comedian of this act? You may have seen her on Taskmaster. You may have seen her on Live at the Apollo. You will definitely have heard her on The Guilty Feminist. Put your hands together and make incredible hooing noises for the incredible Sophie Duca. that good. Hello, if you haven't seen me before, my name is Sophie. I am, hi. I'm Sophie, hello, hello Cardiff. My name is Sophie. I am an openly black comedian. And this is fun. But this is weird. It's a bit weird, it's strange, it's weird doing comedy this side of the global panna cotta. <laughs> Looking out and seeing a sea of maskless faces. Your naked chins winking up at me. <laughs> Our attitude to coronavirus has changed so radically in a matter of months. COVID has become like Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> it's around, <laughs> but nobody cares. <laughs> I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. I know it might feel like it, but we haven't yet eradicated Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> he just happens elsewhere. <laughs> This is a very fun, woman-focused gig. Some of the more spiritual of you out there will already have deduced that I am an Aquarius. <laughs> born in the year of the horse. <laughs> an Aquarius born in the year of the horse. What could that be? Nothing. <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> Magic isn't real. Gender is a construct. Horoscopes are bullshit. And I'm sorry... I'm sorry to say this. I'm sorry. I have to say this because the Guilty Feminist is the best place to say this because I am talking to the girls. By the girls, I mean the girls, the gays, and the non-binary days. We have to stop swallowing this shit. <laughs> Why aren't they trying to get men with horoscopes? Why aren't the horoscopes in the sports section? Why aren't they called horror blokes? Horoscopes are bullshit. And you know how I know this? You know how I know horoscopes are fake? You know how I know magic isn't real? That horoscopes are bullshit? I know this because I am a classic Aquarius. <laughs> Textbook, I am a classic Aquarius. I am innovative, I am eccentric. It is an air sign and I love air. <laughs> but I am also a classic horse. I'm a classic horse. I'm a free spirit. I've got great shoes. I love being ridden. <laughs> I'm a classic horse, but I know this isn't real because in March 2020, I stopped reading horoscopes. I had a lot of time on my hands and I looked up the Chinese New Year in the year I was born, which was 1990. I was born on the 25th of January, 1990. Does anyone know what day the Chinese New Year started in 1990? How the f- oh, no. 
Wow, that was so quick and so rock. <laughs> Incredible. You said 27th of February. No, I feel like, mm, it's okay. All right. I was born on the 25th of January. The Chinese New Year in 1990 started on the 27th of January. And we all know what that means, right? It means that I'm not a fucking horse, am I? I'm not a horse. I'm outside the window. I'm not a horse. I'm not a horse. I was never a horse. Not a horse. Famed for their elegance, their speed, their kinky headgear. I'm not a horse. I'm not black beauty. I'm not red rum. I'm not Bojack. I'm not Seabiscuit. If you know the name of another famous horse, tell me after the show. <laughs> Do you know what I am, Cardiff? Maybe you that shouted out. I can't see you. Anyone know what I am? Yes, I'm a snake, a snake, a snake. And some people are like, oh, Sophie, that's not the worst one. You're a snake. At least you're not a rat. Guys, I've seen Disney Pixar. Snakes are useless. Rats can cook. I'm a snake, not famous for anything good. Snakes, what are snakes famous for? Having no limbs, no eyelids, no ears, having one functional lung. Fun fact snakes known for being freaky killing Australians <laughs> being the biggest cunts in the Old Testament <laughs> it's hard I can't identify myself as a snake as a water horse anymore I can't identify myself as that I am also identifying or am identified as a black bisexual comedian although I'm sure thank you I'm sure about being black um <laughs> In the LGBTQ plus spectrum, in the LGBTQ plus spectrum, I am both B and Q, which makes shopping for home and garden equipment very <laughs> exciting. I am B, which stands for bisexual, and Q, which means that I am legally required to help James Bond in any special mission. <laughs> Q stands for a lot of things. It stands for queer, it stands for quiche, although that's not strictly relevant, and it also stands for questioning. And I am so questioning, so questioning, not because I'm particularly questioning my gender or my sexuality, who I'm attracted to, but because every few months I just sort of stop in the street and ask myself, men, why? <laughs> why? I mean, why? And also for balance, I ask myself, women? Really? <laughs> Like, women, really, I think it's nuts. I think it's a madness. Like, I don't mean to, I don't want to do down women, especially not at this gig, but as the proverb goes, women, be cray. And sometimes we do be cray. I don't understand why anyone would want to be a man or a woman. I don't care if you're cis, trans, if you would proudly state that you are a man or a woman, whether you're cis or trans, if your gender is fixed, you are settling. Honestly, every time someone says, I want to be a man, Oh, I want to be, I want to pull down the role of the gender's crimes and be like, this? You endorse this shit? David Gandhi, is that your king? The well man? I have a bit of a public service announcement that I want to say tonight. Something that I want to share with you, regardless of your background, your bracket, wealth bracket, your income, your gender. I want to say this to you, Cardiff, because I believe it is a public health emergency. You all 
have to do something about the state of your dicks. I'm serious. I want us to do an exercise before I get off stage. I want everyone in this room to imagine a vulva. Maybe your own vulva. Or if you don't have one, maybe one close to you. (laughs) If you are a man sitting next to a stranger, please don't imagine their vulva. (laughs) That's rude. Imagine the vulva, the archetypal vulva. Hold it in your head, not in your hands. Can you see it? I'm not even going to get into the packaging because we don't have time. I'm just going to get into the engineering of it. Vulvas are next level. They're elastic. They're intricate. They smell like pad thai. You could imagine a line of vulvas on the deli counter at Waitrose. Whereas penises, dicks, are pleasant, but they look cheap. (laughs) You would walk into Iceland and buy 12 dicks for a fiver. (laughs) A sharing bag of dicks for £2.50. Dicks are an impulse food. And I'm not saying this to be anti-men. It's a very passe to be anti-men. It's 2022. We all know that having a dick or not having a dick is not what makes you a man. I have a dick at home charging. (laughs) And this might feel like kind of off-kilter for me to say as a queer woman, but it's something that I believe to be true. As we spin on this dying rock through the universe, as we spin on this dying rock through the universe, we have to cling on to life's joys where we find them. We have to cling on to life joys. And there are few things purer, few things sweeter in this world than heterosexual sex. Hear me out. (laughs) Het sex. Sweet, simple het sex. Het sex is my weak point. Het sex is my kryptonite. I am quite literally a sucker. For heterosexual sex, you have to hunt down queer sex. Queer sex is difficult. You have to track it in the supermarket. You have to stalk it through the frozen foods. You have to follow it to gigs like this. Queer sex is difficult, but het sex is always around. Why try other flavors when vanilla is always on the menu? Het sex is always in stock. Delicious, sweet, heterosexual sex. And the best thing is you don't have to make any decisions because you just have to follow the steps. And we all know the steps. Het sex. It's like a dance. Not a complicated dance. You won't see it on Strictly. Het sex is not a Viennese waltz. If het sex is a dance, it's like... The hokey cokey. <laughs> in, out, in, out, shake it all about. Squeeze a little titty and you turn around. That's what it's all about. Hat sex! Hat sex is incredible! I don't know if there are any straight people in the room. If there are any straights in the room, straight people, I don't know if you know what normal people say about you, but they say, that you're unadventurous. I don't think you're unadventurous. I don't think you're close-minded. I think you are specialists. You picked a kink and you stuck to it. 
had sex. And the roles that you're playing, you're not doing role play anymore, is theater. It is theater and the roles of het sex are intense. The roles of man and the roles of woman. Okay, so if you are having het sex, sweet, simple het sex, and you're playing the role of man, you just have to go full Mad Max. You just have to be a predator, a dog, a beast if you're playing the role of man. And if you are a woman, the role of woman is even harder because you just have to be a cup. I'd be having sex with my boyfriend. He'd be doing dirty talk to me. He'd be like, oh, baby, I want to fill you up. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, baby, fill me up. I'm a cup. <laughs> you bought me at Ikea. <laughs> I slipped and fell on the counter. Now I've got a crap, but I'm not going to leak. I'll never leak unless you tell me to. I'm a cup. <laughs> and then he's got excited. He's heating up. He's boiling the kettle. I'm like, yes, I'm a cup. I'm not a mug or a tumbler. I'm a cup. I like my, man, look, I like my tea, strong and ideally from Yorkshire. I'm like two girls, one cup, but just the cup. I have been advised not to do that bit. <laughs> and I think, I will leave you on this, I think it's because of something that once a man said to me, a man told me not to do that bit. A man said that audiences like yourselves don't like female comedians like me. That's not it. <laughs> audiences like yourselves don't like female comedians like me who are sexy. Thank you, just staring out my armpits. Don't like female comedians like me who are sexy or political which sucks for me because all of my best anecdotes are about topping Rishi Sunak. <laughs> Eat out to help out. More like neg me than peg me. I've been Sophie Duga! Welcome back, Deborah Francis! What? Sophie Duga, everybody! Hello. Hello, darling. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm so sweaty. Do you know what? You, it's the mesh. You look glowing. Thank you just you. you look glowing and glorious and feminist. A third, and, oh, I thought you were going to say a third thing starting with a G. But you went oh, backwards glowing, through the alphabet. Yeah, yeah. Glowing. Okay. Gorgeous, feminist, frisky. <laughs> um, happy, hot, Ooh. and holistically healed. Oh. See where I'm going with this? Yeah. You look Ignatius. If you keep complimenting me, my period's going to start, please. <laughs> Um, listen, Sophie Duca. Yes, Deborah um, Francis White. Can you tell me, sorry, I've got, okay, I'll tell you what happened. Is <laughs> one of our guests tonight has this incredible brand, um, this amazing inclusive brand that's changing the world. She gave me backstage, among other things, like an incredible t-shirt and lots of different things, stickers that are nipples. Oh. Now, she put them on me and then I was like, I should really put these on again when you come out so it's clear they're from you. Um, and then I so quickly ripped them off in the wings and now they're stuck to my fingers. Wow. Now, one reason I was going to let her put them on me is because the ones she gave me, one is a pink nipple and one is a brown nipple. Mm. And I said, should I wear the brown nipple? Is that really just the <laughs> breastular version of blackface? <laughs> And she said, no, I am a black woman and I give you permission to wear it. And she put it on me and I was oh. like, is this okay? Like, it feels wrong. But also, if a black woman puts a black nipple on you, you shouldn't say no to that. 
I don't, I, can't. I don't think you can. <laughs> I, can't, I can't override that with caucasity by going, no, that's not right. So I now... I, look, I'll just put them back you on got, now. You're like Hovis, best of both. <laughs> okay, so oh, now wow. I'm wearing... If you're listening at home, I'm wearing two stick-on nipples that are sort of, you know, they're there to, like, point out my breastage area with pride and no shame, which is not what I normally feel, you know, mm. when I do something like this. But tonight, I'm feeling I myself. I think you look excellent. Yeah. Do you feel like it's working, the, the, the pink and the brown? I, I mean, I, I saw... <laughs> Go on. I just... I, what I was going to ask, which is something that I, I, I doubt you can do, even though I know you're a woman of mm. almost infinite talents. I, I, no, this, it sounds bad. Because you've... Go on. Okay. Tell me, what are you thinking, Sophie Duca? I don't think it's... Po- I think I'm too powerful to get cancelled. So I'll say, because you've highlighted your nipples in this way, I kind of, I kind of want you to make them dance. Okay, all right. Oh. See what we can do. Okay, all right. <clears throat> are you waiting for music? No, no I mean... What? Maybe you could just sort of percussion. I don't know. Maybe you could just clap. Oh, okay. That. Wow, 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 wow. That was, I did not predict that both your nipples would have rhythm, but it really. Yep. Oh, oh. Oh, oh no. the pink one's fallen off when you said the word rhythm. <laughs> I'm the sorry. brown one stayed fast. Now, she this is on. not playing into a stereotype. We're playing into a stereotype. Yeah, absolutely. But it just immediately went, no, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, doing a pirouette on stage has become a bit of a thing because in Birmingham we had uh, a brilliant ballet dancer on who was talking about she'd done a big dissertation about black and brown women in ballet. And uh, so we all had to do a pirouette. And tonight, I mean, I had no plans to do a pirouette, but, you know, once I started doing the writhing, it it felt wrong not to. Um, (laughs) But actually, my friend Stuart, he's our tour manager, and he is, um, he's, I mean, he's just the white guy making all of this happen. And uh, because (laughs) you've got to set the patriarchy to work. And, but he used to be, he used to be in um, Starlight Express, Back in the day, he is a professionally trained ballet dancer slash jazz dancer slash, you know, he's a, he's a musical theatre guy um, who's now driving feminists around, you know, staying out of the spotlight. So in Birmingham, we made him do a uh, pirouette on stage. He did a double. When he watched the video back, because everyone videoed it, he was not happy with the landing. Oh. And he was like, ah, I just wish I'd landed it better. So I thought just now, I, had, I hadn't thought this, but now I'm thinking we should allow Stuart to have a redemption on his career. He's saying no. He's saying no. He is saying no. But he's saying no. Stuart, I think you want to, because don't you want to do the perfect... Don't you want to land it better than you did last time? Because last time, Stuart said he thought he won. He he said he thought he won, but then he saw the video and he realised I won. So someone's going to have to film it on my camera. Okay, so I'm going to just put the video on. Okay, and then I'm going to give it to somebody. Okay, what's your name? Sir? Yeah. 
George, okay, George, so you're in charge of filming it, okay? Are you ready? Okay. Um, we present to you to do a double pirouette at least, could do a triple. He's still Stuart saying Arnold! Come on, Stuart. Come on, Stuart. Come on, he wants to. Come on, Stuart. Are you not well? Oh, you've got to take your shoes off. Okay, we'll wait. You, you can, can you just practice? Yeah, you can practice. We'll banter. Yeah. Okay, we'll just pretend Stuart's not what, practicing no, behind us. A practicing a pirouette behind He's the sofa. He's practicing pirouettes. Oh. Dustin. Nobody needs to see. Don't, yeah, no, just don't, don't, let, don't put pressure on him while he's practicing. Look, Elsa, avert your eyes. Now that every time, every time someone's filming me now, I'm going to be rubbing my breasts and it looks wrong, but I'm just trying to make my nipple stick. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's really... I want them to cut out the bit that says there are any stickers. Do you think this is feminist porn? It's just video of me just br- rubbing my own breasts <laughs> in circular motion. You ready? It's only going to be single. Okay, we'll okay. Take, will we take a single Cardiff? Okay. Are we ready? Wow! Beautiful work, Stuart. Beautiful work. Thank you very much. Sophie, would you like to do a pirouette? Are you a ballet, are you a ballet person? I'm not a ballet person. I feel, like you, I feel like you must have done a bit of ballet in your youth. Uh, when I was four years old, I went to two ballet classes. Yes. I learned how to do this. And how to wet myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, if you want to replicate that now for the people. <sighs> I, w- I will at the end. Okay, all right. I will at the okay. end. Okay, all right. Um, Matt, is it Matt? George. George. You sh- I feel you could have been more memorable there, George. I, I, didn't, I didn't remember it. I thought you were Matt, so, you know. Just sell yourself a little bit more. As we women do. Oh. You should be more confident. It's what we get told all the time. How does it feel, George? Mm. Huh? Both your nipples have fled the scene, but I think at the most poetic moment. Oh, did I lose my nipples? Oh, damn. Oh. Is that a nipple? It's, um, it's a message that says, I heart Sophie. Oh. That's... Should we leave you two alone? <laughs> right, gang, the rest of us are going to the pub. <laughs> Wow, um, I really want a crowd to wingman me in a mysterious note. I heart Sophie, beard. and on the back it says, Hey, Deb. Bon- I, done- I done feminism. I done feminism. You were going to do a thing. What thing were you going to do? <laughs> Was it ask Sophie out? You did oh, a feminism. Because oh, have you been listening to me on the podcast asking everyone what feminism they've done? Yeah, yeah, and oh. I only didn't do it tonight because Ed distracted me and I got told to get off stage. So, okay, so this, this segment, which the only place we haven't done it is Cardiff, is now spontaneously doing itself. Okay. Well done, Cardiff, well done. Okay. What's your name? Penny. Okay, Penny. Come into the light, Penny, as much as possible. No, no, no. Um, what would you like to say? 
No, just uh, honestly, Penny, just tell us, tell us your feminism. Okay, so after, well, during COVID times, um, I got fired from my job. I worked in hospitality, everything went to shit, basically, as we all know. Um, and I applied for a job in a brewery, which was a office assistant. Huh. And then what happened was I went in and went, there's a problem there, I'm going to fix it. Oh, and there's another problem there. We're going to fix that as well. And then, oh, there's a problem. You're not a problem, obviously. You're a lovely lady. There's a problem over there, not directed at that lady that I've just pointed at. But what happened was after a, a one year, after someone not wanting to hire me, basically in charge of the brewery now. Yay! Well done. Penny, everybody. COVID tried to strike her down, but now she is organising a piss-up in a brewery. Come on. Well done, Penny. And by the end of the weekend, she'll be going out with Sophie as well. Now... Gang, I'm very excited to tell you that at the end of this year, we're coming up to seven years old. That's right. We are having an enormous, great big monumental, guilty feminist party and show at the Hammersmith Apollo. Yeah, like we're live at the Apollo is, but it's all guilty feminist comedians, acts and exciting guests. I can't even tell you about yet. Um, now, it's going to be on the 1st of October on a Saturday night. Come one, come all. Uh, so get your WhatsApp groups together. Get tickets now before they all go uh, because it's going to be a one-night festival of feminism fun and refuel for the resistance. If you like Michael McIntyre's Roadshow, if you like Graham Norton, if you like Jules Holland's Later, imagine those three men were women and then imagine those women were allowed on the television and then imagine they were allowed to invite other women to join them and you would have an idea of how incredible this show is going to be. We are going to have some pop sensations. We are going to have some comics you know and love from The Guilty Feminist and the telly and some guests we've never, ever had on before. So please book now. We will be releasing more information soon. If you'd like to get a ticket now, go to guiltyfeminist.com and click on live shows. It's our birthday. You absolutely don't have to bring a present, but I'm not stopping you. Our first guest today is a multi-hyphenate currently working as a creative director at Yellow Sub Creative, a tech for good agency. She is also the founder of Lil Titsy. You may have seen some of their nipple stickers. A lifestyle brand here to change the patriarchal language and spread joy while doing it. She is joined by creative writer, poet, model, and LGBTQ plus and mental activist who's collaborated with and been featured in the likes of Vogue, Wagamama's, Amazon Fashion, Frida, UN Women, Times Square in New York, and many more. Please welcome to the stage, Melon, Edam Wanyi, and Talk to Coco. Woo! 
hello. Hello, everyone. I'm Melon. I'm a designer, a multi-hyphenate designer. This is weird. I don't know where to look. Do I look that way or...? No, you can look at... What we call is, we say we're cheating out. So in other words, you look like you're talking to me, but really you're going like this all the time. Oh, okay. Imagine as someone you fancy over there, oh, but yeah. you're, you're having to talk to me. <laughs> so you want to always be showing them your best side. Sure. So, hi, everyone. <laughs> wow, that took surprisingly little acting. <laughs> yes, it was very, that was, you are a natural. Coco, tell us about you. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Talk to Coco, for those who don't know me. Um, I'm a creative writer, poet, mental health activist, LGBT changemaker, model, the list goes on, yeah. Ah. Well done. Now, Coco, you're a poet, yes. and so we thought to give you a bit of context, we'd love you to do a poem. Yeah, no Just pressure. to kick us off. Okay, no Tell problem. us about your poem. So, the poem I'm going to do, because we're here, it's a feminist evening. Um, I wrote this poem, so back in lockdown, when obviously the two ladies that were, like, abused, grabbed, killed by the police officer. So, for UN women, for safe spaces, I wrote this poem. Basically, it's about women, safety, that kind of thing. Most of y'all all, yeah, resonate, hopefully. So that's me. So, to be alive these days is a blessing. To feel safe when alone, on those streets are they safe. Short skirts and no jackets, they say. Should have been more careful, they say. But for them to say otherwise is impossible. To be able to run naked, to be able to be free, fully clothed, to be them and to be me, they should be able to be. But unfortunately, society surrounds us and says otherwise. We need safety for our girls and our women. We need our littles to be able to make it to their 30s, feeling safe and free, without any other shadowing what could be. For our marginalized people that still behind the closed curtains, wishing for safety to be is a close call for you and me. May all our girls who feel hardship run free, all the women who thought they could never be, and all the marginalized groups of people, no better times may come. But for now, remember, the safety for you is number one. For you to feel at home and safe naked at midnight will come. We must make a difference for the ones we've all created to give home a difference and surroundings stay lit with hope in the heart to know we've done it. That's it. Thank you. That was brilliant. Thank you so Thanks. much. Melon, tell us about why you created Little Titsy. Oh, okay. And what it is. Tell us what you can tell us. What it, do you want to tell us what it is first and then why you created it? So, Little Titsy is a t shirt, a t shirt and lifestyle uh, brand. And we're trying to spread joy. Um, and trying to change the patriarch, <laughs> patriarchal language, smash it, you know, yeah. with joy, though. So that's, that's what Lil Tits is trying to do. And so can you give us an example of how you are changing the patriarchal language? So I think that we are using words that are related to men's organs to describe bold and courageous behavior or characteristics. Um, so I say, why use a word ballsy while we can be titsy? Because most of us are born with tits, but well, all of us are. All of we, us born with nipples, yeah. Nipples. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go with it. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. 
No, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just being, I'm being inclusive. Okay, okay, yes. Yeah. We're all yeah. born, we're all... Until we want to lose them or they need to change. So I feel that it's more inclusive to go with Titsy to uh, define bold and courageous instead of ballsy because I feel like we're always thinking about the masculine um, for, you know, boldness, mm. bravery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bravery Same is... Same with big dick energy, right? Why is it not big tits energy? <laughs> it's not clear. It's not clear. Um, so your T-shirts say big tits energy. I've got one now. I'm very excited about it. I've got it backstage. And you're, you're looking at, like, how we use language and how we default to uh, what is traditionally the masculine. Um, exactly. Uh, so I want everyone to start having big tits energy. I want them to understand that having big tits energy isn't physical. Mm. It's not about actual having big tits, just like BDE. BT is about a vibe. Mm. It's emotional and it's a mental state. It's about how you carry yourself. It's about having the self-confidence. Mm. And it's, it's about knowing that society or the standards that the society set for us is not what our values. We set our own values and it's about how I want to be and how I want to carry myself. And I'm going to carry big tits energy. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, I just wanted to say something because I love the T-shirts. Thank you for my T-shirt backstage. Um, but I also think that Little Titsy is really fun. I think that's something that's really nice about the work you do, about having that sense of joy that pervades it. And I know you're doing this thing where, like, by take, like, taking on new language and queering language and using, like, like symbols of, like, female-coded bodies. But... I really love how on the website there were like little pictures of the nipples that Deborah had on her chest just moments ago. But on the website, you had some nipples that had hair all over them. Yes. Which I love because I think it's so rare to see like nipples. Nipples are hairy. Nipples be hairy. A lot of nipples be hairy. We know you pluck them, but they're there. <laughs> I'm not plucking. I like, the, I like the friction. I like getting a static shock as I go across. But I think that it's really nice. Like, I don't think, obviously, some people will have unhairy nipples, but I think just having. Uh, a sort of brand or a sense of fun or that, that is conscious of the existence of different types, different shades, different colours, different like, sizes. I think that's something that, while it's not evident in, like, say, every single design or every single T-shirt, I think that's something really fun that runs through your work. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. All tits matter. All tits matter. <laughs> and uh, you were telling us backstage where you're from and how, like, because you're, you're based in Cardiff... But that's not your origin, and you were no. telling us a little bit about how you ended up here. Yeah. So I wish I was Welsh, everyone, but <laughs> I know I'm adopted now, but originally I am from Turkey and Nigeria, so I grew up in Turkey. I've studied in the UK, um, I studied design, and finally I managed to become a designer, um, against all odds. And at one point in my career, I was in Turkey for a few years, and then I had to flee my country. Why did you have to flee? Was it Erdogan? Yes. <laughs> I can't believe you knew that. Just, you know. he, I mean, he, he's a really terrible man. And so when people say they have to flee Turkey, it's usually Erdogan. What it's happened? So me, uh, my sister, Pinar, around here somewhere. That, that's her. Um, <laughs> We put a play together, and I was part of the, I was the 
management of the creative team. She was the main actress, had her ex-husband. Um, they are famous, I'm not, so I wasn't famous. And they decided that our play was the main reason why young people decided to go on the streets and protest. And apparently, What? yeah, apparently we taught them how to do Twitter and, you know, communicate with each other because I was a social media manager and I did loads of, like, tweets. <laughs> so they thought that you were responsible for a revolution? Yeah, I was on, on like, TV, like... Wow. And obviously, I have a weird surname, so they were like, this woman! Wow. Um, and they were like, this woman did this, and she went to the UK. So in a way, I think there was this little stories that they were saying that we are uh, British spies, that we got the story from the... Are you ready for this? From the Parliament. <laughs> that we were given the script from the Parliament, and we got our tactics from this world organization. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's really funny. This world organization that helps uh, people revolt in their countries for injustice. So apparently they trained us. It's a long story. Wow. So they I, made up this whole big movie about you, basically, about you being Marta Hari. Yeah, I wish I was that cool spy woman. That would yeah. have I'm just thinking now, like, this is an amazing double bluff. Like, uh, <laughs> I just make T-shirts with fun feminist slogans. I'm definitely not doing espionage at all. So, yeah, well, that's, that's, I mean, quite scary yeah. to have someone like Erdogan be an enemy of yours, but I'm really glad you're safe here in Wales and that Wales is taking care of you. Yeah, I just can't go back home, but apart no. from that. No, I'm, and I'm really sorry about that, but I'm glad that you've been an adopted local, but also like that you're doing stuff in the community that's in gendering fun and play and possibility and feminism. It's a really wonderful thing. Um, talk to Coco. We'd love to talk to Coco. For sure. Can you explain what Talk to Coco is? Um, so Talk to Coco is a platform that I created, um, I guess, was suffering with mental health. I got ADHD. And I guess growing up, I was always told I would amount to nothing by teachers, people around me. And I guess I wanted to be a face for people to suffer with mental health. So people had someone they can relate to. Because I guess growing up, there was no one like me I could see that was just like an everyday person. I have tattoos. I express myself the way I do. And I guess it took for me to get to a bad place in my life for me to want to start Talk to Coco. And through that, like, I've helped save lives, not to like, sound like some messiah, but people feel comfortable to come and talk to me. And if I can like, save a life, that's why I say it. Um, yeah, so that's how I started Talk to Coco and people around the world, they'll contact me for mental health advice. I create, I guess, creative writing workshops, like different ways, creative ways for people to channel their mental health rather than try and be on a waiting list for eight months to see somebody that's not going to understand you, give you a pack of meds and be on the way. So, yeah, it was basically through experience. And what kind of things do people come to you about? So people come to me about sexual identity, suicide, self-harm. I find a lot of people, people that come to me are not people that would obviously, I guess, talk about mental health out there. So I have a lot of dads approach me that obviously got to try and be still masculine and be the head of the family, that kind of stigma that's out there. I've had people come to me that for religious reasons, they can't come out as gay or trans. So I guess there's a lot of 
people, different kinds of people that are coming to me and from that, and then I started writing my poetry because that was a way for me to express myself. And then I started speaking on topics around the world that I felt needed touching on, things people shy away from. So how do you, when people, someone approaches you, how do you, do you always know the answer? Um, I guess not always. I always try and speak from experience if I've lived that. If not, I'll always understand because I think there's not enough people that understand. We can all listen, but to take understanding out of something is completely different. So yeah, I guess that's just how I do it. Like I think being a creative, we always say like being a creative, we've always had some trauma, right? Some past trauma. Any person, I've never met somebody that can say they've never dealt with mental health. So I just wanted to speak openly on it, and now it's like a fashion. If you've got mental health, it's popular now. To, I'm saying if you're normal, if anything, or whatever. It's not a cool thing, but I guess I started doing it because I felt it needed speaking on. It was before the pandemic and all that, and then in the pandemic, everything just come here. Hence, I'm on this stage with you now, I guess. You must have been busy in the pandemic. Hella busy. <laughs> Busier than I've ever been. Yeah. It sounds like... It sounds amazing that you've like reached so many people, but is it ever stressful for you, especially in a time yeah, like the pandemic sure. where so much yeah, stuff is going it's, on? It's stressful because I've got ADHD too. Like a lot of things goes through my head, I guess, at one time. So trying to process, but at the same time is good. I don't like just one thing to do. So it's stressful, but I've got my missus. She keeps me calm. She tells me when I need to be off my phone, when like I need to help myself to help other people, right? So, you, so most of the time you're, you're on Talk to Coco and you're talking to people. How do you make a living? So I make a living by, I guess, well, through Talk to Coco, I make a living now through this. So I guess um, I've always told, obviously, I can't do the normal nine-to-five job. I've tried to work in Lloyd's Bank. I got told it wasn't, it's not Butlins, never been to Butlins, but there we go, because I can't keep still. So, it's not, yeah. It's not Butlins. Butlins, Butlins. you know, like yeah. the... They said it's... Lloyd's Bank said... Said when, to me, it's not Butlins, because I can't Butlins. keep still. Yeah, they What could, were you doing... Just were you wearing a red coat or? I, just, I can't sit down, I guess. So for me, like being stuck in an office or being stuck somewhere, it's just not for me. So I guess through the pandemic, channeling everything, making a living, I do poetry, I do creative workshops for people, for businesses, for organizations. I do talks, I speak at webinars. I've got modeling contracts, so I do that too now. Wow. Yeah. Mm. And, and the talk to Coco work is just gratis you're just talking to people who need help yeah i'm just literally talking to people i write magazine articles so on mental health on well-being um so yeah. because of talk to coco you get asked to speak and write for other platforms that are paid work but the talk to coco work anyone can talk to you yeah anyone i always say that like i'll always talk to anyone my instagram is where everyone like reaches me how, how do you stuff have like time that. to do everyone do you ever feel like oh my god i'm leaving somebody sometimes i do and i feel bad because sometimes i'll open someone's message and say oh let me message later and i totally forget and then like i find it like four weeks later and i'm just hoping they're all right obviously but yeah. Yeah, what can you well, do, right? I, th- I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's presumably a resource, but it's not, you're one person, so you can't be like, you know, you're not emergency services. So no, you're doing I'm not 999, can. I can be, I'll be yeah. 666, but, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm but you, you talk to as many people as you can, yeah, and it's worth people, reaching out. Yeah, as many people, I say, anytime, anytime I go somewhere, so I done a talk the other day at Lock Hotels in London, and... That was because it's Pride Month for all the gays in the room. Um, so, yeah, we went there. We'd done a talk on mental health and how it affects different queer people and obviously people of colour. So I guess because of who I am and I identify 
differently to some people, and I guess I'm in a lot of categories that society says and isn't right. I'm black, I'm gay, I've got mental health, I've got physical disabilities, I've got tattoos. Like, the list just keeps going on. So a lot of people, I guess, can relate to me. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people can see themselves in you. Yeah, for sure. Um, Sophie, is there anything you want to ask Talk to Coco? Oh, this feels like quite a public forum. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. I think... I don't know, I was just thinking about like sort of like being told that you wouldn't amount to anything or at least having that message reinforced by people rejecting you or like teachers saying stuff and like stuff like that. Do you think that is why you do so many things? Do you think that like sort of like helps like finding like talent and joy and like work and like resources in like lots of different places? Does that feel like a like a safer place for you or like a more interesting place? Like do you think you could be someone that does one thing yeah definitely I don't think like how I am and how my mind works anyone that got ADHD in this room will know like one thing isn't good enough I prefer have 10 things and I only do things I'm good at so not being I'm not going to go and play badminton I'm shit at it but like I'm okay at tennis (laughs) do you know what I'm saying so I guess for me like I need to be putting my hands in all the cookie jars to be, yeah, to be able to eat the crumbs kind of thing. So more stuff for me, the better. I always say that, like, people will say to me, oh, can you write this for me, the deadline's next month? I'll say, no, it's fine. Like, either if I have got too much on, I don't like to disappoint. That's my problem, too. I'm a people pleaser, as much as I'm not. But I think that comes with the ADHD. I can't help, but maybe it's because of my childhood at the same time, right? I've got ADHD as well and also no boundaries. So very no. similar. Yeah, no, hence my hat, my T-shirt. Yeah, I'm trying to get better at boundaries, Coco. I might message you in the dead of night going, how do I do boundaries? But you're going to go, I don't know. I'm talking to you Fuck at two knows. o'clock in the morning trying Jenny. to solve your problems. <laughs> Why would you think I'd know that? Um, can I ask you, Melon, how can we support you and help you? First of all, thank you for asking. Um, support... Just follow me on Instagram, buy T-shirts, spread the word, stop using the word ballsy. <laughs> um, I'm on um, Lil Titsy on Instagram, and I, because I have ADHD, I made the wrong name on TikTok, so just go on Instagram. <laughs> What's the name on TikTok? Lil Tititsi. <laughs> Lil Tititsi. Tititsi. So, you, you, I you... got too excited when I was opening it. Yeah. I'm starting to think nearly all creative people have ADHD. Um, yeah, and I do 10 things at the same time. Mm, so, yeah. Uh, maybe you could. You maybe could I message, should talk to Coco. Yeah, <laughs> message, message, message Coco in the middle of the night and be like, how do I do fewer things? She's going to be like, I don't fucking know. I'm talking to you at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> while preparing for a modelling shoot. Um, so we can support you. What would you like Little Titsy to achieve? Well, how are you hoping to change the world? So I have a new thing that I really want to do, um, which is creating a series of workshops that I personally um, identify that w- woman in Cardiff needs right now. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds a bit big-headed, but I've been thinking quite a lot and reading a lot about finances, the inequality in, um, in money between men and women. So I want to bring some things to be able to support our community back. So I don't want to just, like, my aim is not to just sell T-shirts. Obviously, selling stuff is great because it will enable me to do other stuff and give back and, you know, um, hopefully change certain uh, understanding um, of our 
corrupted culture. But one of the things that I want to be able to do is give that back and create the support system for women. One of the things I want to talk about is money and create workshops, a series of workshops for finances. Um, one of them is around self-love, creating boundaries in career building, in profession, in our professional life, because I know that women really struggle with building that self-confidence, being in a rooms full of men and still, you know, setting their boundaries and do that while they love themselves, which is, I think, is a really, really hard thing. Yeah, impossible. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's... So it's, a, it's work, you're, you're going to start some workshops about money and about finances, about how to, how to manage your money. Yes. How to make it? How to make how money? To make, yeah, how to save more money, where to invest your money. Um, so I won't be doing this myself. I have collaborators for each workshop. Um, and the last one I want to focus on is sex and pleasure, mm. which also mm. I think... Mm. So I have sexologist friends that I want to bring to Cardiff... So, there, so there's the going to be sex and money workshops in Cardiff. Sex, from money, and yeah. self-love. I like, wow. I like sex and I like money. This is yeah, we excellent. all love it, so let's, let's so do So this something. is how to get more money and how to have better sex and more sex. Exactly. These are dream workshops. Yeah. Is like, there a about... workshop that you're doing about how to get John Hamm to go out with me? Because <laughs> it seems like you've got all the cover spaces. Or I will also accept Margot Robbie... Or okay, Margot. Yeah, I'm I'm quite into Margot Robbie. Mm. Or um, Ruby Rose. Any of those workshops I'd come to. Okay, let me put that on our workshop subjects to cover. <laughs> I would also be interested in One Night with Michelle Obama. Oh, I mean, who wouldn't though? Yeah. So if you could make any of those things happen, because you seem to be making all my dreams come true. Or like just intellectually. No, I definitely. I mean, if Michelle was open to it, hashtag consent, Michelle Obama. <laughs> I don't, want to, I don't want to pressure Michelle Obama into something she doesn't want to do. She would have to see me and be like, whoa, mama. Oh. And then I would be, whoa, mama. Not whoa, mummy, just no, to no, be clear. Mama. I know that you feel very slight. No, yeah. yeah. But yeah. mama, yeah, absolutely. I'll, it's permitted. Um, Coco, talk to. Yes. Uh, how can we support you? Um, I guess with supporting myself, Instagram is my main handle, at talk to Coco. Um, you'll see me, my billboards are all around Cardiff, all around the UK. So I do affirmations too. So my affirmations for Mental Health Month have been spread all across the UK to make people feel good. So I'm in the middle of writing a book. I've got a few publishers behind me. So when's that come, please purchase. Um, what's it called? Um, I don't know yet. The title haven't been created. I'm still doing the memoir and the manuscript and all that kind of stuff, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, basically, I don't know. I'm just here to, I guess, spread positivity, lift up all you people when you're feeling down. So yeah, like, support me so I can support you. That's what I say. That's my therapy, right? Woo. Thank you. Okay, so everyone follow at Talk to Coco. Presumably, have you got a, have you got a Patreon or something like that where we can donate? No, like, no, no donations. I can give you my PayPal if you want that by all means. <laughs> what's, what's, what's your PayPal? PayPal is ShirelleJReese at gmail.com. That's my legal name. Don't tell nobody. But yeah, no, literally just support the movement. I'm here for people. That's what I do. So yeah. Excellent. Um, well, listen, this has been absolutely fascinating. Is there anything you came to say you didn't get to say? Um, no. You, you are wearing a hat that says orgasm. I'm wearing a hat that says orgasm, and I've also got a T-shirt with two women scissoring, because I'm all about sex positivity. Sex positivity! It's, all sex, the way. You are, you are, that is a, that is a sex positive outfit, my friend. Hell yes. 
Um, it's absolutely. I love that T-shirt. Actually, it is a. It's a very scissory Kama Sutra T-shirt. Yeah, and yes. it's interracial too. Like me and my missus trying to represent. Oh, And Sophie Duca, is there anything you would like to uh, plug or tell us about? Oh yeah. Um, I don't know when this is going to go out, but regardless, I hope I'll still be alive. So. Uh, I'm going to be doing a tour next year. Please come to that. You can find out about it at Sophie Jukebox. I hope it's come back here. Um, and yeah, that's about pretty much just watch me do comedy. That'd be and lovely. you're going to be at Edinburgh Festival? Oh yeah, I'm going to be at Edinburgh. That's happening before then. I'm going to be at the Edinburgh Festival doing a show called Hag uh, at the Pleasance. Excellent. And follow Sophie on Sophie Jukebox. Also, if you could all uh, follow or subscribe on the podcast and give it a five-star review, that would really help. Cardiff, you've been absolutely wonderful. Uh, can we have a huge round of applause for Melon from Little Titsy? And for Talk to Coco. And for Sophie Juca. And now to close the show, once more, the incredible Jess Robinson. In my wonderful, sexy, little Titsy t-shirt. I love it. I've styled it. Is that okay? I feel like, you know, Gok, Gok said, no, I'm a feminist. Don't listen to Gok. <laughs> um, so this is actually my last night on tour with the wonderful Guilty Feminist. And I've had no. the loveliest, loveliest time. It's been so brilliant. I'm so glad. I'm finishing it here in Cardiff, where I also finished with that awful boy. Yeah. <laughs> We really miss you, Jess. I just love watching Jess. I often go and sit in the audience to watch Jess. If you have got any friends who are coming to Manchester or uh, Newcastle or Glasgow, I think, mm-hmm. the, are, they, are they the other three we're doing? Is that we're doing anywhere else? Uh, then Grace Petrie will be, th- be with us. We've split, she's brilliant. She's brilliant. We've split the tour between Grace Petrie and Jess Robinson. Uh, but I love you both. What my dream is just to have you both on every night. I would like that. But maybe we can't be in the same place at once because maybe we are each other like Superman and Clark Kemp. I don't know which is which. Um, and you both did Brighton, so that ruins that. That's true. Damn it. Damn yeah. it. I was really hoping to start a big conspiracy, conspiracy theory. theory. No. Damn it. Um, okay. Uh, so the idea of this one is just for me to get through as many impressions as I possibly can in the next five minutes. Um, thank, I'm a feminist, but um, the guy on sound is an absolute legend. Thank you so, so much. You're wonderful. And uh, thank you to all the incredible venue staff here as well. They've just been amazing. Stu, hit it! There we go. Let's gather ourselves. Good luck, everybody. Hold on tight. It's all going to be fine. <laughs> Every day is so wonderful. Then suddenly it's hard to breathe. Ooh. And then I get insecure from all the pain. Oh, I'm so ashamed. I am beautiful no matter what they say. I 
no, no. So don't you bring me down today. Hoobly doodle doobly doodle. All your friends, you're delirious. You're so consumed in all your gloom. Hoobly doodle doodle. Trying hard to fool the emptiness. The peace is gone. You left the puzzle undone. Is that the way it is? You're beautiful, no matter what they say. Bring me down today. You with the sad eyes, don't be discouraged. Oh, I realize it's hard to take courage in a world full of people. One can lose sight of it all. And the darkness still inside you can make you feel so small. But I see your true colors shining through. I see your true colors, and that's why I love you, Capish. So don't be afraid. I thought something was wrong. To let me show, show you true colors, true. Beautiful like a rainbow. Comes a bit of Shirley Bassey. Show me a smile then. world makes you crazy and you've taken all you can bear you call me up Sonia because I'll always be there Lulu well I see a true color shining through don't forget to say you will lies are true colors and that's why I love you Jessie We know your true colors, Paloma. Your true colors are beautiful. I see your true colors. And that's why I love you. So don't be afraid to let them show. It's just me. In 
Debs. Oh, you're very kind. Thank Jess you. Robinson, everybody! <laughs> Jess has just been absolutely amazing on this tour, and we're going to miss you for the last few shows. But we'll be back again next year, I am sure, yes, Cardiff. Please. So please come back out and see us again. Yeah. And we'll make sure we bring Jess again. Um, you, it's been a really wonderful show. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, we are going to uh, Glasgow, Newcastle, Manchester. Anywhere else, Stuart? We'll all be in the Edinburgh yeah. Festival. We'll, yeah. So we'll, and we'll be at the Edinburgh Festival. So send your friends, uh, come along. Um, is, Amelia, is it your last night as well? Amelia? Yeah, it's your last night. Is it your last night on the tour? Amelia's like, are you 12 or 13 now, Amelia? 14, so, so sorry, that's so insulting of me. Um, it's, no, at that age it is, it's like 12, fuck off. Um, I'm so sorry, I would love it if someone thought I was two years younger than I was, but, but no one knows how old I am, so it's really tricky for them. Um, Amelia's come to so many shows on this tour and she's this absolutely amazing feminist. Are you, are you, you're a Cardiff local, aren't you, Amelia? Yeah, absolutely. Have you been doing anything lately that you need to tell us about? She's just always doing feminism. I love her. Big round of applause for Amelia. Um, I'm such a fan of hers, and she's such a fan of the Girls Feminists, and she's been, I think, one of our very youngest guests. Um, so, Cardiff, I, I mean, uh, Charlie's now beaten you with that. What a legend. Yeah, Charlie. Uh, can we have a big round of applause for Ed? For Charlie? For Sean? For our incredible guests? Coco and Melon, for Abigail Shimon, Sophie Duca, I've been Deborah Francis White, we've been the Guilty Feminist, Jess Robinson is going to now sing us out and take us home. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, and my very special guests, Sophie Duca, Abigail Shimon, Melina Domwonyi, and Talk to Coco. With music from Jess Robinson. The Guilty Feminist theme tune was composed by Mark Hodge and produced by Nick Sheldon. The recording engineer was Grundy Lizimbra. The producer for The Spontaneity Shop was Tom Selinski. Thanks to Rachel Croft and Gina Dicio, Stuart Arnold, and everyone at Sir David's Hall, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. So, uh, Stuart, how long have I got? No time at all. Come back. He's waving me in like I'm a boat. He's like, come in, 42. Um, all right. So, so far, all we've got to know is Ed. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.